Welcome to episode six of the F-Sharp podcast presented by Harmony Wealth. In this episode, we talk about the building blocks of personal finance. We discuss good debts versus bad debts, emergency funds, and Tanner gives us some tips and general rules of thumb to help you build out a successful financial plan. If you haven't yet, please subscribe or give us a review. If you have a question or suggestion for a future episode, we'd love to hear from you. Shoot us a note at podcast at financiallysharp.com. Enjoy episode six, the building blocks of personal finance. to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Welcome, everyone, to another podcast. What's up, Adam? How you doing? Good, Tanner. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Thanksgiving's coming up. You got any big plans? Oh, just the usual. Um, I, I, uh, we're just going to go to in-laws and um, stick close to Minnesota. But I love Thanksgiving. Time to stuff your face, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, it's an all right holiday. Um, how far, how far are Greta's folks away? A couple uh, hours. Or so. Two hours. I timed okay. it. Yeah. I timed it the last time we went from driveway to driveway, and it was like on the nose. Two hours. Okay, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Yeah, we uh, with everybody being spread out, so it's Katie's um, holiday or family's turn for a holiday, and so we're. Oh, you guys um, do that too, huh? Yeah. Yep. Try to rotate. And, um, with the, with her family being so spread out, um, we're actually all going to meet in Vegas. Nice. Kind of an interesting, yeah. Interesting spot to have Thanksgiving, but I think it'll be, it'll be fun and flights are cheap for everybody to get there. So that's the nice part. So you going out for Thanksgiving dinner or yeah, is that yeah, not a big deal for you guys? Uh, no, 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 we are. Um, her mom has, uh, some stuff set up. I can't remember where we're going for thanksgiving but i know um she has like jada oh whatever her last jada, name is yeah. um yeah from the cooking yep yep so we're going to her restaurant one of the times we have reservations there for one of the days we're going to hell's kitchen for one of the days and i think another famous chef that's on food network or cooking show that has a restaurant out there we're gonna so it'll be fun see some of that Walk around, look at the lights. Hopefully it's warm enough we can sit by the pool. Might be a little chilly though. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be interesting. Interesting one this time. Mm, Can't Vegas say by the pool sounds nice as it's snowing here. So we'll <laughs> just stop talking about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move move into the, the subject of today's uh podcast. Um building blocks of, of personal finance. What what uh, what are some of the things that we're gonna take away from today's episode? Or, or... yeah, yeah, uh, today's episode really is just gonna be um, you know 
probably pretty brief, pretty quick, you know, overview of a lot of these, you know, building blocks, things that hopefully, um, you know, you've learned in, in school. Um, but you know, we've also acknowledged that, uh, at least from my perspective, I don't think that, that, uh, our education system does a very good job of, of setting people up, um, to learn about personal finance and everyone needs to know about that regardless of, of what your job is, um, and what field of study you go into. So, uh, but yeah, this is just the building blocks, the, the kind of foundation of, of what you need to know, um, and, and be doing to have a successful, uh, you know, financial career and, and financial plan as, as you go through life. Yeah. Budget is one of those words that finance and budget and kind of, I don't, I don't know. I feel like you talk budget is more accounting based and finances, but I feel like they, they should go more hand in hand, um, and, and build into your budget, your personal finance. So that makes sense. That sounds really dumb. Yeah, no, no, no. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, a lot of these terms, you know, get thrown out, um, and, and they have multiple uses, you know, um, budget could be anything from, you know, personal budget to, uh, you know, businesses have budgets, businesses have their own finances. You know, I'm not talking here that you need to, you know, be an accountant, um, and, and have a, you know, balance sheet and, a um, you know, cash flow analysis and, and all the things that an actual business would have from their accountant. Uh, I mean, unless that's your thing, then by all means, go into the nitty gritty for yourself. But, you know, most people can get by without going into that much detail. Um, but, you know, if, if you're really struggling with this, you know, and, and kind of, you know, a budget and, and not knowing where, where funds are going and different things, it's, I think that's, you know, it's going to be based on on your situation and and where you are kind of along this journey of you know are you just learning how to budget or you're just learning all these things well then yeah maybe you do want to get more detailed into it or if you obviously know how to um you know budget and and you know you're 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 doing all the things that we're about to talk about then you know obviously you're you're graduated and, and passed you know these types of things so again we're going to kind of keep this um you know, brief and, and try to just, you know, talk about the, the topics, but not dive down into them because, you know, there's, there's tons of other people out there that, you know, either have books or they have radio shows or podcasts, you know, that, that they've been going on for years and years and years. Um, and they talk about this stuff all the time. And, and that's not really the, the focus of our podcast. Our podcast is to, you know, help elevate people from, you know, that and, and what's kind of out there, currently and you know talk about the the more complex the more um futuristic planning you know thinking and really getting into the nitty-gritty of the financial plan to to really try to kind of supercharge that rather than just talk about you know the basics so we'll we'll just hit on these so that that we've gone over them and 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 uh you know obviously as everyone knows there's there's other people out there that that have radio shows and different things that you could find more information on on kind of these basics but um yeah let's uh let's kick it off and get going what do you think so building block number one create a budget how much more time do you want to spend on that and and track expenses um whether that's paper paper or you know log into your bank account if you have online banking for example wells fargo i don't i we have a checking account there we don't have our credit card through there, but even that, um, system 
self-regulates or self-sorts and and tracks it and puts it in organizational pie chart and can spit out um, reviews. So um, there's a bunch of apps that can do that as well. I know I use um, Mint to to track and and do do our budget and um, lots of different ways. I don't know how how much more time you want to spend on on that building block, Tanner, but um, like you said, pretty basic. Create a budget, track yeah. where your your money's coming in and out. Yeah, yeah, that you know that's obviously step one. So you create that budget, track your expenses. Um, really, any of those options that you talked about, Adam, are are completely fine. Um, you know, if if someone wants to do a pen and paper, if they want to do an Excel spreadsheet, if they want to have everything listed in Mint, um, use their bank. Uh, the the big key is just knowing where you know and actually having an accurate you know amount and knowing what your expenses are not not vague oh i think it's you know somewhere between three and six thousand okay well that's not accurate enough you know now i'm not saying you need to know every single penny unless that is your situation and you prefer to do that by all means be more accurate but you need to be you know probably within a hundred bucks um i wouldn't you know and even drilling down closer to that um, you know, you want to be accurate on what your expenses are on a month-to-month basis so that you can project out accurately. And and with all of those apps and all of that, they they do a great job of tracking them. Um, the hard one with anything is going to be the cash. If people use cash, you have to manually track that because there is no app or anything that that knows. Oh, I spent you know twenty three dollars and thirty seven cents at at the convenience store. So you got to make sure to add those in if you use cash regularly, but that's, yeah, that, that's basically it. You know, create a budget. Everyone kind of knows that that's starting point. You gotta, you gotta know what's coming in and you gotta know what's going out before you can try to, to build anything on top of that. Right. It is kind of alarming, especially when you get big boy money or, or <laughs> you know, start to get out in the, your career and, I know I was fell victim to this early on as you know you get in that that paycheck and you get to a point where you're comfortable enough where it's like well I got I can spend this and spend that and um you're not keeping track as closely as you as you said and then you you go back and and see how much you're actually spending it's like whoa okay um that was young young days of not really having that <laughs> budget and that's when you get in trouble is um spending more you know i was making less but i was spending more just because i felt i'd never made that much money before so you know it's it is um very fun i i think it's fun maybe that's a weird thing is is setting that budget it's almost like a video game setting that budget within the app and um checking it daily or weekly and seeing where you're at with your expenses and seeing if you can come in under budget yeah and, and it, it, you know, that would be great. I hope everyone thinks that it's fun. <laughs> that would definitely help them. Um, but, but it is, you know, you're right. As, as we, you know, go through your careers and, and you start making more and more money, um, you know, people do tend to relax and it, it's okay to relax some. And again, that's where I say you don't probably have to get to know every single penny when you get to that point, but you still want to be accurate, you know, within a hundred bucks or, you know, whatever your situation is, you probably don't want to walk around, you know, several thousand dollars per month range being like, yeah, like, you know, like I said, the 3000 to 6,000 range, ah, I spent somewhere in there like, well, 
that that's a big big difference you know between those two numbers and so um yeah you just want to make sure you don't you don't let up too much well it it also helps paint a picture if you're unhappy with your job and you know you wanted to take a you know take a different job that might pay less can you do that with the expenses that you have what needs to give what needs to take um if you want to if you've set goals like we've we've talked about in previous episodes what do i need to do to make more more money what other um cash flows do i need to um either create or um improve you know set goals for yourself to um get that promotion or whatever once you have a good idea of your personal budget i think you that helps you make decisions later on in life or current decisions of job prospects new houses a lot of different decisions you're faced with every day of just you know basic expenses and and income decisions yep absolutely absolutely it's the foundation um you know you got to know you got to know what it is before you can make decisions any on anything else and then that kind of just you know leads into the next point of once you once you know um you know what your budget is and what your expenses are um obviously you need to spend less than that um that's how you create wealth uh you know any think of you know yourself obviously like a business if a business is spending more than it's bringing in that business is going to you know eventually fail if they continue to do that too long and so you know knowing what your expenses are you know the maximum amount or well knowing what your income is you know the maximum amount that you can spend would be to break even you know are there going to be times where things you know come up and you have to go over of course but you don't want to do that regularly you want to be saving more and you know actually having your expenses be not everything that you make so that it can go towards, you know, building your wealth so that at some point, you know, down the road you can retire. And obviously that one's pretty self-explanatory, you know, just spend less than you make point two. And this is how professional athletes and rich people go broke if they're not, um, not, um, fiscally responsible. They're, they're spending as much as they're coming in. So, um, you can yeah. be, you yeah. can be, make a million dollars and spend a million, and the the guy or gal that's making less than that is spending less, making a hundred thousand dollars and spending eighty, and they're, you know, more f- financially better off. So it's yeah, not absolutely. Always about how it's, much you make? It's absolutely. It's not. It's not income. I mean, income helps. The higher income helps, but the key is is it's it's not how much you make it's how much you keep and and that's an amazing you know example there adam of you know you can make a lot more money but if you're spending all of it you're not keeping any of it and you're not actually you know um generating any wealth or building any wealth and and using the athletes you know that that's you know a great one not to just pick on them but a lot of people you know i think particularly with social media and different things like that there's this lot you know there's a lot harder or higher levels of people trying to you know for to use the term keeping up with the joneses type of a thing and and you know well i see so and so and they look like they're living their best life because all i see them on facebook or instagram and, and they're doing this and that and the other thing and that's great. I'm glad that those people are living their best life. But you know, you have to remember, like, let's put this back on us. I mean, I'm not on social media all that much, but 
when I do post things, I'm only posting the positive things. So right. if someone views my Instagram page, it's going to look like everything's, you know, rainbows and unicorns and that I'm living this amazing life of, of travel. Well, I only post maybe four times a year, you know, when I am someplace else, but yet, you know, we don't, we don't post about things of the regular grind or, you know, regular days work. And so, you know, don't let that eat into you, you know, just, just, you know, live your life, do your things, um, build your wealth and, and make sure that, you know, at some point you get to retire because trying to keep up with everybody else, they may not have a good financial plan and they may not ever be able to retire because they might be spending too much. Yeah. Social media envy is you know, an interesting subject to, to look at, especially within the last decade. Um, and that'll continue to have its effect. But I mean, I fall victim to that. Just as you said, um, you're always flicking through your Instagram feed or your Facebook or whatever, and you're always seeing everybody's, you know, positive posts, like you said, or the, um, hey, I don't want to say that, but hey, look at me posts. And, um, yep. Well, that's exactly what it is. And you just have to understand A, and this is more kind of like a psychologist or psychology based, but A, they could be terrible financially or B, maybe they, they are great off and they just have um, more fortune than you. That You just have to accept that. You know, It's just one of those things where um, you find yourself kind of being competitive or um, you, you start to doubt yourself and just go, oh, why they have more fun than we do or they have nicer things. And um, it all comes back to, for me and for, for us as... Um, you know, goal setting, budgets, um, what, what makes us happy? You know, we can't always just do more focused on the, on the long term of, okay, yeah, they're, 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 they're at this extravagant place, but what are we doing and what do we, what do we do to, to make ourselves happy? Yeah. I, th I think that that, um, I think you hit the nail on the, on the head there and it's, you know, it's something that um, kind of, again, going with that psychology of things, I, I was reading that there's, there's an app, I haven't done it. Um, I guess it's something that for, for younger people, it can project, like you take a photo of your face or something and it can project what you'll look like 30 years from now. And, and they've said that from a financial standpoint, if you use that and see, and, and while thinking about finances and think about your later self you are more likely to save for that future person because you've now seen your future self so to speak now that's obviously probably not what you're going to look like but it's hard for people to want to save and this is psychology everyone's about now and social media has made that so much, much worse. worse and again we'll have a separate podcast getting into social media and different things and um you know all of the 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 different information and everything that's out there but you know social media has made that so much worse of everything has to be now 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 and now gratification that it's hard i mean it was hard for people to save for their own future selves the way it was and now with social media it's made it it's made it more difficult so you know a technology standpoint like 
if you need to go out and get that one that will you know age your face and, and try to think about that. I mean, it's not that you're giving up something now for for someone else. like you're giving up something now to save for your future self, you know, and and to think about that. And and I actually love you know your thought of the competition. Like everything becomes a competition. Um, you know what I would say to that is keep that keep that you know competitive side just reframe it reframe it to well my competition's now geared towards not who has the coolest social media post currently but i have x amount in my retirement account which means i get to retire early which means i get an extra 5 years of not working that you person or whomever is going to have to work or whatever that may be you know just change that to you know the mindset of of your your retirement accounts or your you know saving or your planning and for the future because that just you know I mean I'm always about the long game obviously that's why I'm in this business mm-hmm. but I love travel I love all of that everyone has to live their life I'm not saying you know don't do anything don't spend any money save every penny you got to live your life you only get one of them it's right. just it's a fine balance of spending everything and living so much for now rather than saving for the future and I would rather you know, sacrifice one trip per year that's going to allow me to retire five years earlier so that I get all five years to do whatever I want. You know, like things like that, when you can kind of look at it in those pieces that I feel like a lot of people would would be willing to sacrifice that because now I get every day for five years off, not one one week, one day. Right. Yeah, and as we're sitting here talking about this, I, I always... I'm just like oh, I gotta, I gotta keep in in mind other people's situation, and it's hard because I mean, everybody's different. Everybody has a race to run. Yep. We're all starting yep. at different points, so I think you and I just need to continue to to give examples of our own situation. So um, I, I always fight and look back, but I, I don't have any regrets because we didn't. Ha- I I didn't have the <clears throat> the money to to do to do the travel and stuff before kids but i can see some people saying well i want to do some of the 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 travel and and stuff the freedom before family sets in and all that kind of stuff maybe almost doing like a reverse retirement um and taking on debt if if that's the situation but um that that just wasn't feasible for for me out of college it was just you know trying to meet make ends meet and then um and then start in the family so we're we're i i, I we haven't done a whole lot of, of travel but um that's going to be something you know we're saving like you said saving for future self and and we're focused on that and i think that actually might be more fun doing with our family later on um when they're older but we'll see We'll see as as time goes on, but um. absolutely. When well, and, and like you said, everyone's different. So obviously, every person listening to this is going to be in a different situation than well either of us or anyone else listening to it. And and it it's all up up to you, you know, you the listener. And and like I was saying, I, I'm not a proponent of you know hating your life and saving every penny and not going out, and not going out to eat, and not spend. You're like, no, nah, I love going out to eat i love going on vacations i love all those things it's just it's it's in moderation it's just, it's with anything everything in within moderation 
you know, set up a plan so that, you know, there's a bunch of different rules out there. There's the, uh, you know, different percentages. You can go find them. But, um, you know, you want to have X amount of your budget, you know, like there's, I think the one that's probably the most common is the 50, 30, 20, you know, like 50% of your budget goes to expenses, 30% goes to fun, you know, 20% goes to investing. If you want to flip flop that, do 30% to investing, 20% fun, you know, it's up to you. The key is, is that your investing portion and your income, like, like every, again, everything in moderation, everything is balanced. There is no right or wrong way to live life. There is no right or wrong financial plan. There's a bunch of rules and, and thoughts and theories out there, but you have to then take all of that and put it into your situation. And, you know, these are just the building blocks. These are just the basics, things to think about while building that financial plan, you know, either for yourself or while working with another financial advisor. So keep that in mind, um, you know, when you're setting all this up is that, you know, these are, that, that's it. Everyone's situation is, is different. And, and that's okay, just as long as you have a plan of, of how you're going to get there. Right. The 50-30-20 the, the rule, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily use that, but I one of the most beneficial building blocks, if you want to say, um, use that term for me, was treating my savings and investing um, uh, as expenses, those transfers. Mm-hmm automatic transfers, treating those as expenses and, and getting those kind of at the top with the big the big expenses like mortgage and um, and all those car payment, all those kind of stuff. Um, so I put those, once I started doing that, instead of um, seeing what's left over at the end of the month, that was, um, you know, expense one or expense two is all right, this is the most important. These are automatic transfers that are going through every month and I got to build everything else around that. So that's been yep. helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, that's what in the industry we call it, you know, pay yourself first. And, you know, having that percentage, whatever it is, I'll, you know, if it's 30% going to investments, having that built out and that's just an automatic, that, that's a great way to make sure that that is, you know, something that every single month, 30% or 20% or whatever your your portion is goes to your investments and it's just done. And then, yeah, that's a great way to think of it too, Adam. Think of it like it's an expense. There is no getting, it's like your mortgage. There is no getting around it. This will come first. And then after that, I can try to fit in, you know, going out to eat, travel, different things that don't have to happen, you know, and that's, that's kind of a, you know, big one too is thinking about, needs versus wants you know you don't you you need food you need to eat you do not need to eat at a you know hmm. steak steakhouse that you know is going to cost you fifty dollars you want to do that and that's okay we all need to do wants as well and that gets to the having a good life that we've been talking about it's just some months some of those wants may have to get paired back because of different things going on. Sometimes you can have more wants. It's just making sure that those wants don't now overcome and become more important than your needs. And your needs are all of your expenses that you regularly have, you know, for housing, shelter, food, you know, water, clothing, like your your regular needs. 
And then also saving for your retirement, I would put in your need bucket. And then everything else is your wants, whatever left over. By all means, have a great life, spend it. You worked hard to be able to do those things. But really sitting down and, and thinking about those things honestly and separating things into categories of needs versus wants will really help you know how to cut things out or know what things you need to back off on if there is a month where your you know your needs are higher or, or whatnot. Um, and we've been talking about a lot of these, you know, like bad months that come up and different things. And and this is the next point um, that's really a basic, basic building block is every single person should have an emergency fund. And what this is, is this is an account and you just plop it in a savings account, checking account, I don't, money market, I don't really care where, something that's liquid um, and accessible, uh, but it's not invested not invested in the market it's not put into a cd that's locked up it's not anything it just it needs to just sit there um and it stinks don't get me wrong i hate my emergency funds sitting there too from a you know an investment standpoint because it doesn't earn any money but that's not the point the point is is that it is there for emergencies in case something comes up and the water heater goes out or the car needs fixing or whatever well now you have this built up and you can take that money out of there so that you don't get, you know, absolutely bamboozled some month because you've already budgeted out all of your dollars, hopefully with doing your budget. And now all of a sudden the $5,000 emergency expense comes up. Well, you have the money sitting there and that's okay. It doesn't just completely destroy your budget. You don't have to put money on credit cards and pay high interest rates and different things like that. You have that emergency fund sitting there. I tell all my clients I want them to have a minimum of $10,000 in it, um, but it could be a lot higher for other people, uh, and I'm okay with that. Now, you don't want to have hundreds of thousands sitting in there unless there's a reason for that. There, you know, there is too much that people can put in too, but you want to have a good cushion. You know, I, I would say for anyone listening, shoot to have at least $10,000 just sitting there in an account. And when you take from it, your next goal is immediately build that back up immediately get it back up. It's not an emergency fund where you create it, get to 10,000 and then things come up and you start taking out of it. And now it's at 5,000 and uh, it just sits there. No, no. If the goal is 10,000 and you take from it, you need to immediately try to replenish it to 10,000 and then you can go back to the wants. Per household or? Yeah. I mean, definitely if you're a married couple, um, you know, um, or I mean, even if you're not married, but you run finances together i would say that you would want that um the what they say the uh, real quick what they say in the industry is the rule of thumb is you want three to six months of fixed expenses in there well if you've been doing your budget you'll know what your fixed expenses are and i wouldn't i would err on the longer side i'd say you want to shoot for about six months um but again ten thousand just an, an easy number you know kind of round number and and again if you do the the three to six months and, and all of a sudden your six month expense is twenty thousand and you want to have twenty thousand saved in there no one is going to fault you for that that's being you know that's doing a good job so i'm just a lot of times i just say starting with the ten thousand it's a good number for people to get to because if they don't have an emergency fund set up at all and I say, well, you need to have $20,000 in there. That's a big number to try to get to. I mean, 10000 is a big number for people to try to get to, too. But it's, it's easier to digest, and you can always increase your emergency fund. Right. And it allows for, 
you know, you're, if you want to think of it as like a rubber band. So yep. something yep. something falls through the crack, maybe an income stream falls through, you're not stretched where it's about to, to snap. You can have yep. some spring in that. So Absolutely. Yeah, it's a daunting number. To, I mean, $10,000 to most people, I mean, that's a, just to sit there, um, is mm-hmm. I can see that being one of those accounts where it's like, well, I've got, you, you do have that emergency fund, you have it sitting there, and it's tempting to, to, to draw from, like you said, and then, oh, I took a thousand dollars for this. Why can't I take, take yep. more from more of a need to, oh, I want this. Let's get right. this now. And it's, it's a slippery slope. So yeah, I challenge people. You gotta be disciplined. Don't, you don't want to do that. Um, you know, and again, like everyone's emergency fund, but numbers going to be different. Um, but you definitely need to have it. Cause if you don't, that's, when people get into trouble, we don't know when things are going to break. We don't know when we're going to have a medical emergency. We don't know any of those things. And if you don't have this emergency fund, now where do you go? You know, now you have to go to some sort of debt, which we're going to hit on here in a bit, good debt versus bad debt. But typically in those situations, you're putting it on bad debt and now you're just getting absolutely crushed. So All right. I know we're doing a kind of a bad job of recapping these blocks and numbering them, but, um, Building block number one was be active in your finances. Um, I don't know if we wanted to put underneath that umbrella, create a budget, 1A, 1B, spend less than you make. Um, Social media envy. Um, The latest one was emergency fund. Um, And then you just tease the next one here, um, good debt versus bad debt. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll go into debt now, and then after that, you know, we'll hit on some assets and investing rules. Um, good debt versus bad debt. Uh, you know, just really understanding the basics of this is there. There's exactly that. There's good debt. There's bad debt. Um, you know, some people will say, you know, if you listen to certain people, like I know Dave Ramsey specifically says he doesn't want anyone to have any debt. I, you know, I disagree with that. Um, you know, if you're taking out a mortgage to to have a home, interest rates right now are historically low. And if you can, you know, take out a loan at 3% rather than, well, first off, if you're a young person and you need to save up two, three, four hundred thousand dollars to buy a house, you're, you're never going to rent. <laughs> or I mean, you're never going to yeah, buy yep. until, you know, 10, 10 years from now or whatever that is. So you don't really have a choice. You will need to get a mortgage. And the other thing, even if you're not a young person and you're, you know, I have clients that are in retirement and, you know, they've decided that they're going to do a mortgage on a house because interest rates are so low. You know, they can get it a loan for, you know, high twos, low threes percent, and they can turn around and, inst- and use that instead of using cash to pay for that house, they can then put that cash into some other investment that earns 4%, 5%, 6%, whatever it is. Let's just use six because it's easy math and say that their loan's at three. Well, they're doubling their money. They're borrowing money from the bank at 3% and turning around and using their own exact same amount to get 6% back. So they're netting 3% per year on that. I don't think that that's a bad move. You know, Now, other people out there would, would disagree. Um, and I would challenge them on the actual math behind it. Um, you know, Like I said, I know certain people that have radio shows and different things um, don't like any debt now. And then the other part with this is, though, is, is that that is also for a house, which houses 
historically have increased in value. So you're you're helping yourself purchase something that historically will go up in value. That's a good debt. Um, you know, investment debt, same thing, like buying a commercial building that you then have tenants and tenants pay income or buying a rental property. Like th- those are those are good debt. It doesn't mean all the decisions themselves are good. Just the debt itself is good. You still need to go out and make a wise financial decision and don't pay three times what the house is worth. That that would not be a good investment decision. That doesn't mean that the debt itself is bad debt. Now, there is bad debt. Bad debt is going to be primary number one, payday loans. That's the worst. Don't, don't, don't do that. Um, you get absolutely crushed on you know, the the loan interest rate that you have to pay back. Um, another one that gets people in trouble is credit cards. I am not opposed to credit cards themselves, um, but you need to make sure that you're paying that off every single month because any balance that you have on there, unless you're in a special 0% promo time period, um, is going to be hit by a super high rate. I mean, some of the lower ones I've seen are, you know, seven, eight percent, but they go all the way up to, you know, maybe even above 20. 20. I don't know. I've, I've, yeah, I've seen them in the high teens. Um, you don't want to be paying interest at that rate. Like, so, so don't do that. Like just, again, that goes back to the wants versus needs. If you don't need it and you can't pay for it and it's a want, don't put it on that credit card and then pay, you know, 15% interest on that. Wait another month or two and save up the money and then buy it because it's going to cost you a heck of a lot less and all you did was had to wait a month or two. Um, so that's kind of understanding the good debt, bad debt, cars, auto loans. I mean, the interest rate is a lot lower. So that's kind of a middle ground, I'll say. It's not a good debt, but it's not as bad as credit cards. Uh, well, no, yeah. just hear me out why yeah. I have it in the middle. Okay. Um, it's it's middle-ish because at least the interest rate is low, but what you're purchasing is something that's going to go down in value. So that in of itself does not make it. It can it cannot and will not be a good debt. It just is not as bad as racking up a bunch of credit card debt. Um, so it's kind of a not good debt, not bad, not good. Somewhere somewhere depends on if you like cars or not. Well, exactly. And that's the other part, you know, buy a vehicle that you can afford. Um, and that goes back to keeping up with the Joneses and all sorts of other things, you know, like buy, buy something that, that you can afford and it's, and you know, we all want to have nice things, but you know, again, practicality. Exactly. Exactly. So, and we've, we've definitely hit that point, you know, enough times of saving for retirement. So we'll, we'll keep moving on on that. So that's the one understanding, you know, good debt versus bad debt. Um, now just some keys for investing. Um, you know, we, we did talk about this one a little bit, but just to to hit it a little bit, you know, invest before your wants and needs. Think of your investments, putting money into, you know, your retirement accounts at work, or if you don't have one, um, you know, an an IRA, uh, something like that. Do that before your wants save before your retirement. If your employer has a, um, a matching program in your 401k, make sure you're getting the full match. I mean, it's free money. If they're going to match you, you know, 4%, you have to put in four and they match you for that's, that's 4% free money. Um, yeah. get and that, that goes back get that to that every time that, that goes back to the budget thing for me. That's step number one for me is okay. This is my income. 
even before that, because obviously your income is after taxes, you got to sit down, log into your portal or wherever it is and say, am I taking advantage of every matching dollar? No. The answer is no. Match that, get everything, max that out, and then find out your new um, your new income and start from there because it, it's just a no-brainer for free money. And why you want to take advantage of that matching dollar is to get as much money into your accounts as possible and spend time, time value of money, right? Yes, yes, exactly. And that's that's a perfect lead into the next point that we have is um, it's what's called time value of money. Um, you know, if you haven't heard this, uh, hopefully everyone has, but if you haven't, you know, money, money, uh, you know, the more time you have in the markets um, or investing or whatever it is, it, it's compound interest. And, and um, you know, there's tons of examples out there. You can find them all over the internet of what if I'm 25 years old and I put in X amount of money versus if I start at 30 versus if I start at 35 versus 40, you know, all these different numbers. And the amount of money that you actually have to take out of your own pocket to put into your investment is so much less if you start early than if you start later to try to catch up to that exact same value. So again, do yourself a favor, start early. If you haven't started, start now. If you have started, consider trying to up it because again, money makes money. So the more money that you have invested, the more that that snowball effect will help grow that portfolio so that you have more. And uh, it was Albert Einstein, I believe, who said, you know, we've been talking about compound interest. And he said, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it. He who does not pays it. And I think that that's just so spot on and such a, you know, great analogy of compound interest is if you understand this and if you get money in there and and build yourself this you know to keep going with the snowball analogy if you get a a big snowball you know at the top of the hill the bigger that that snowball is at the top of the hill by the time it gets to the bottom it's going to be enormous versus if you don't start at the top of the hill which is earlier on in your career and you wait until you're halfway down the hill or three quarters of the way down the hill or whatever that is it has less time to go down the hill and to keep gaining more and more and more compound interest. And so start early. Everyone's heard that. Start early. Do as much as you can. You'll thank yourself uh, down the road. That snowball can be small to start with. Absolutely. If you start early enough, it absolutely can. All right. Uh, moving on to the the compounding part of um of the snowball analogy, the rule of 72. What is that and, and how does it relate to compound interest? Yeah, yeah. So uh, rule of 72 is just a, um, a quick math uh, and, and it works You know, for anyone out there that wants to do it. it it's talking about um, an easy way to think of or, or calculate how your investments will do. So if your uh, investments are earning 10% interest per year on average, and I'm doing that because that's easy math for me, it's going to take you 7.2 years to double your money. So what it's saying is this rule of 72 is how long is it going to take for your money to double? And all you do is take whatever your average return is, 
divided into 72 and that's how long it would double. So again, the 10%, if you average 10, 7.2 years, your money will double. If, you know, if you're averaging 8%, it's going to take you nine years to, for your money to double and, and so on and so forth. So um, just a way to think of how your money, and, and again, the more time you have in the markets, like we just hit on on the last one's compound interest, the more years you have to allow that money to double. Um, so yeah, that's the rule, rule 72. Next building block, last one, right? Yep. Yep. Last one. Um, making sure you have proper insurance coverage, estate planning and tax planning. Yes. So with this again, real blanket, um, all the things we talked about were mainly, you know, in the financial and investments and, and budgeting type world. Uh, but it still doesn't mean you want to neglect uh, all other areas of financial planning. So, you know, when you're working, either if you're with yourself or as a financial advisor, um, you know, make sure that you do have proper insurance coverage, which is going to be different for every person, uh, depending upon your age and, and situation. Um, but make sure you have enough insurance coverage. Make sure you do your estate plan. Please, please, please do an estate plan. It doesn't matter how young you are. Um, you know, help your family so that they don't have to go through probate and deal with all of that. Uh, and then tax planning, you know, make sure that you, uh, if you do your own taxes or uh, if you work with an accountant, um, obviously you want to have accurate taxes so that for that year when you file your taxes, but it's beyond that, you want to do tax planning. What things can I do to, you know, help navigate my tax situation so that I can pay as little taxes as possible? I mean, that's, that's, I don't want to say the game, but but that's kind of what, what it is. I mean, we are all required to pay our fair share of taxes and Congress sets those rules, however intelligently or unintelligently that they are set. And the better that you know those rules or the better that whoever you're working with knows those rules allows you to pay your fair share, but not pay more. And by doing, you know, having someone, a good accountant that can help you year in and year out, um, is great to help with those taxes and deductions and different things, but also then the tax planning to make sure you're not, you know, that, that the planning you're doing towards the future, you want to make sure that those dollars as well go as far and you keep as much as you can um, rather than paying more in taxes, you know, making decisions now that are going to hurt you 5, 10, 15 years from now um, down the road because of taxes. So make sure that you're looking through all those things. Um, I know that that was really high level, just going over the basics. Um, but we hope that you guys have found uh, this episode helpful. As always, thank you for listening. If you haven't yet, please like, subscribe, leave us a review, tell your family, tell your friends, You know, let, it, let them know. Um, we got some good information on here for everybody. So we Let's are do it at Thanksgiving at the Thanksgiving table, right? That's right. At the Thanksgiving <laughs> table. Perfect. That's a great idea. Yeah. Do that at Thanksgiving table. Let everyone know. Um, you know we're going to continue to build out podcasts uh, for everyone's situation. Um, not everything's going to be for every person individually, but any person eventually will be able to come on here and find podcasts directed at what their situation is. And we are committed to continuously providing the most accurate and relevant content to our listeners. So if you have any questions or suggestions or things that you'd like to hear about, shoot us an email at podcast at financiallysharp.com. Again, that's podcast at financiallysharp.com. See you in the next episode. 
This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com.